0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, Friend, who sent me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grains and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This night, your life is being demanded of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. And at this time, we'd like to uh, welcome Stephanie up for the last uh, mission support temple talk in our series. uh, To share another opportunity how uh, God has blessed us with gifts to be about his mission and his ministry in this life and in this place.
1: क्या yeah. कोई Back there, okay. And when it came time for the offering, they were short and usher, and when I the to demonstrate this free, There was I this is the best I could do at times right. But they used to have you know these on a stick, and they push it down the aisle like this, and you put your offerings in at the church, and so. Um, when my dad came to our world, okay, John put in his quarter, Leah put in her quarter, Marie put in a quarter, I put in a quarter, and my mom put in her When Joe and I... so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test, said the Lord of the hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. John and I decided that to make sure we were tithing and to be good food we would get a separate checking account that we would call our God account. Anytime we earned any money before depositing that money into our bank for paying bills and stuff, we would put 10% of that money that we earned in the God account. Then we would put the rest in our regular bank account. So every week we would go to St. Mark's with a check from the God account. We had a plan. That was 30 some years ago have been doing this ever since, it's amazing how God has blessed us and blessed that account. We have not only been able to give most of that to St. Marks, but we have been able to sponsor some people on the block to Emmaus. We have given to other Christian classes too. church
0: So, with that, will you pray with me? Not in the dark of buildings confiding, not in some heaven light years away. Here in this place, your new light, O oh God, is shining. Now is your kingdom, and now is the day. Gather us in as your people and hold us forever. Gather us in and make us your own. Gather us in, all peoples together. Fire of love in our flesh and our bone. Lord Jesus Christ, come to us this day in your word and in your body and blood poured out for us. Raise us up to be your people here in this place, now and forever. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So growing up, a frequent conversation around our house uh, was the checklist of daily chores, both those that had to be done around the house and those that had to be done around the farm. And normally, one of the first questions my dad would ask is, uh, do you feed the cows yet? When I was visiting with my parents last week, I was reminded that nothing has really changed in that regard, (laughs) except for the urgency felt surrounding last year's crop. You see, last year, uh, parents' farm didn't produce a lot in the way of hay or grain. The weather was just horrible for it. And so during the harsh winter, food shortage for our cattle was a real, real scare each and every day. Luckily, they made it through, although it was touch and go, and some of the cattle did have to be sold uh, so that they could uh, find a home through the auction house and be cared for in that way. This year, though... uh, God and the weather have been good. And so the concern hasn't been, will we have enough to feed? It's been, will we have enough room to store it all in the dry until winter comes? Rarely is anything simple when it comes to Jesus and his parables. His teachings may be straightforward, his parables may be familiar to us, particularly when we've heard them over and over again, over the course of many years. But no matter the story, no matter the parable, no matter how familiar we are with it, very rarely is the truth simple. A listener in the crowds asked Jesus to tell his brother to share his inheritance, and it sounds like a reasonable request Right? Jesus' ministry has been one marked by generosity and empowering people to share wealth and prosperity with those who otherwise may have nothing. After all, sharing is caring. But Jesus throws us a curveball, asking this man, who am I to get in the middle of your family squabbles and tell your brother what he should or shouldn't do, particularly without ever knowing either one of you? Jesus sees that this person only has their own wealth and security in mind. And the kingdom of God, the kingdom that Jesus has come to proclaim, will have none of that. In the parable that follows, Jesus calls the successful landowner, in his parable, foolish. But in our eyes, that doesn't quite add up. He's shown himself to be a successful farmer and businessman. He's... He's been blessed by God with an abundance of crops. And he's been shrewd enough to make safe, secure investments for his future by expanding his barn storage and making sure that he can live comfortably. To eat, drink, and be merry with the life that he has for the rest of his days. The author of Ecclesiastes in the 8th chapter uh, says that there's nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. For that will go with you in your toil, in your work, through the days of your life that God has given you under the sun. God wants us to be joyful, right? God wants us to relax and not worry, to take pleasure in the experience of life, to not stress over meeting our basic needs, to not stress over feeding the, the livestock or the animals. The people who are dependent on our care. Otherwise, why would God give us anything at all? Yet something isn't quite right. Because, of course, it's never that simple. None of us want to hear that this rich landowner is called foolish because his thought process and his actions mirror our own in so many ways. The harvest was surprisingly plentiful this year got a little extra income. What do I do with it? I've got to store it up for when I can find a rainy day. I need to be able to set myself up for the long haul. We pay into our retirement. We, we stick a little more back into savings. Some people have the luxury of buying a bigger house to fit whatever stuff it is they have. Building a bigger barn for another year's use. No, we don't want to hear that that person is foolish because that would mean that anyone who shares that thought is foolish as well. And Mama didn't raise no fool. This lesson isn't simple because we trust that God wants what's best for us, both in our earthly pilgrimage and in the life to come. So it would reason that from time to time, God would bless us with an abundance of gifts. To prepare us for the days ahead. But this lesson isn't simple. Because when we say God wants what's best for us. We trust that that means God wants what's best for all of us. Together. Not just me, myself, and I. Look back at the parable. This wealthy landowner has a conversation with himself. Something that we would consider pretty arrogant if we heard anyone talking like that. There's no thought of the laborers who sowed, tilled, and harvested. No mention of the neighbor whose crops weren't as plentiful. No thanks to the God who provided the rain and the fertile soil for an abundance to flourish. And for Jesus... The kingdom of God has no room for talk of me, myself, and I. What's mine is mine. Good luck to you, buddy. Jesus isn't concerned that people are wealthy. He isn't upset that we save and set aside for our future. But God is deeply concerned with our well-being and how we how we are changed and continually transformed for the better. What matters to Jesus isn't that people have wealth. It's all about how we choose to invest what we have as children of God. Jesus is concerned with how we invest our energy and our attention because he knows that we invest in the things that we care about and the things that we want to nurture And help grow. This farmer had more than he could ever hope for. Ever hope to use in his life. But it isn't enough. And so he makes sacrifices to store up more. The landowner and the person in the crowd who asked for his brother's inheritance seem to only be interested in investing in themselves. And the question that Jesus seems to be asking all of us is, how much is enough? How much do we really need to have stored away to meet our base needs and how much is overkill? How much do we really need stocked away for a rainy day and how hard does it have to rain before we start investing in the wholeness of our neighbor and in the world around us? How much suffering is enough for us to say no more? How much trust do we place in in the stuff, in the savings account, in the stock market to make us happy and satisfied. Personal greed, being concerned with our own security, refusing to imitate God's character of blessing and generosity will ultimately leave us alone with just me, myself, and I surrounded by the stuff that we've guarded so well as the object of our true worship. Jesus is concerned that our our financial stability, our, our hoarding of goods, and our selfish desire for consistent comfort and luxury will become our ultimate goal in life. Knowing, knowing that God has called us into places that are impoverished and destitute, and uncomfortable from time to time. And this isn't just a lesson for, for you or I and our personal goods and income. Jesus is talking about what we do as a community as well. Storing up wealth for ourselves while poverty and disease and hunger lay waste in our own country and around the world. Brings God's observational judgment To bear on people and communities alike. You fool. This very night your life is being demanded of you and the things that you've prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. Our life is demanded of us each and every day, each and every time we come to worship. To receive God's gift of love and forgiveness. To be in relationship with the Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so then what does it mean to be rich toward God? God doesn't need our stuff. God will not delight in sacrifice or be pleased with a burnt offering, but a broken and contrite heart, O God, will not be despised. At the end of it all, at the end of all of this, what God desires and what Jesus is most concerned with is our worship. How what we do and what we receive here transforms and influences what we do out there. It would be too easy to just talk it up to, well, you can't take it with you, so you might as well give it away. And it's not even about rightful ownership, right? Our claim to anything in this world is fleeting because it can be stolen away or destroyed in an instant by someone who thinks that their claim to it is more prevalent and pressing than ours. We don't truly own anything. We just take care of it from time to time until it's passed along to someone else or consumed by moth and by rust. No, no. this lesson is about consciously and boldly investing into our priorities. The priorities that God has given us as people of the risen Jesus. The priorities to build up, not storehouses for ourselves, but the kingdom of God for all people. If loving God means loving our neighbor, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked... Tending to the sick and imprisoned, providing and protecting the defenseless and the traveler, showing hospitality to the stranger. If this is what it means to love God, then this is what it means to seek the kingdom of God. And that's where God wants us to invest our treasures. The church is responsible for all of these things as we strive to imitate our risen Lord. And offer the promise of Jesus' resurrection, hope, and life through acts of healing and mercy. Invest in the mission of God's kingdom. Share what God has truly given us to own and to carry. The blessing of new life in Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit to remake this world into the goodness and the abundance of God. This day and every day to come. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.